Welcome to Whatcom New Life Assembly's Sermon of the Week, where, as always, it's all good news. For more info on how to get involved in our church or to partner with our ministry, please visit us at whatcomnewlifeassembly.org. I want to talk to you about the senses for a minute, because a beautiful cup of coffee would, would, wouldn't make any sense without your senses. Let that minister. It would be senseless without your senses. In order to fully appreciate something as beautiful as a cup of coffee, you need to apply all of your senses. You start out by seeing it at a distance, and your heart is moved. You see the steam rising from the cup, and, and, and your heart is moved. And then, and then you, you smell it, and oh, I, this is beautiful. I'm already ready for it. And, I, you know, I, I, we, we, what else do we do? We touch it? Oh, yeah, yeah. We touch it. Because if your office is as cold as mine, grabbing something warm is so nice just to hold it. And, and you think you can't hear it, but have you ever heard the beautiful sound of the morning percolator as, it, uh, as it's finishing off its last little drop? And then, of course, you indulge. Um, and if you're not a coffee drinker, we're praying for you. We're, you know, listen, you can apply this to anything. Our senses are an amazing gift from Jesus. Can I get an amen to that? Amen. Praise the Lord. He, he created these things to give us pleasure. And there are lots of other reasons he created it, but one very important thing is he just loves us and wanted us to, be pleasure, to feel pleasure. That's why coffee tastes good. Unless you don't like it. But I want to start today, because we're going to enter into a series called Come to Your Senses, Everything is Spiritual. And I need to start this whole thing by showing you just how limited our senses actually are. Now, don't get me wrong. I've just expressed to you what an amazing gift from God our senses are. But they are extremely limited, every single one of them. Um, let's start with sight, and this one is kind of a review, but you understand that what we see is on the electromagnetic spectrum, right? So there's all this, this, these waves that are flying through, and our eyes register them. That's our sight, okay? But what we are able to actually see and take in with these tools, amazing tools, God-given tools, his idea created by him. But what I can process with those amounts to point zero. 0.035% of the entire spectrum. So, so that, don't get, that, that spectrum's beautiful. Roy G. Bibb, I get it all. I get all those beautiful colors and they come and, you know, and they, they light things up. But you know what? I can't see the gamma rays and the x-rays and all the other rays. They just, my eyes, I was not given the tools to see those things. So eyes are amazing, but they're limited. Hearing is equally as limited. My ability to hear, some of you are like, hey, man, I've got these hearing aids, all right, whatever. But we're going to do a little experiment today. Uh, we, this was successful in first service, so we're going to give it another go here. Um, our ability to hear on this, on this spectrum, these sound waves, the, uh, the uh, frequencies, it's super limited. But I want you all to stand up. I've got this little app on my phone. It's called the Dog Whistle app. This is what, if you are young, you can torment your parents with this because almost every one of you can hear things that we can't, all right? And so we're just going to test. I'm going to play the sound into the microphone. When, if you can hear it, stay standing. 
if you can't hear a thing, have a seat, okay? Pretty straightforward, all right? Yeah, uh, yeah, you can just go ahead and sit down right now, so. All right, I'm going to pray. If you can hear this. You all hear that? All right. Then you've come to the right place. All right, let's try again. Okay, can you hear something? It's quite loud. If you cannot hear it, sit down. See you later. It's very loud. All right, all right. So far, so good. All right, we're going again. If a dog comes running in here. All right, we're even higher now. Can you hear that? It's playing fully loudly. I hear it just fine. All right, it didn't go up high enough because you all... Oh, we lost another one. Another one bites the dust. All right, here comes another one. If you can, it's playing loudly. I can hear it. Oh, don't shh me. If you cannot hear this, please sit down. Got a lot of, a lot of, whatever. Sit down. Okay, we're going one more. Something is playing. If you cannot hear this, have a seat. I can't hear this. All right. You, my friends, are the best of us, all right? Okay, here comes another sound. We're just find out who, just try to find out who the liars are. All right, that was just for fun. Our ability to hear, I just, I just showed you some of you have better tools than others. Now, we love our ears. We love sound. It is a gift from God, music, you know, poetry, words, all of those things. It's a beautiful thing. But these tools are, are limited. Nothing wrong with that. Now, touch. Touch is another, another thing. You can rub your hand on sandpaper. It feels so wonderful. Or uh, have you ever put your feet in, uh, in the sand on the beach? It just feels so wonderful. But, you know, our ability to touch is super, super limited, right? If I wave my hand through the air, I am touching all sorts of things, right? Our, our atmosphere is made up of nitrogen, oxygen, argon, carbon dioxide, and all those things are here. But I can't go like this. Oh, a beautiful oxygen uh, molecule. There's Aragorn over here. From, Aragorn's from the Lord of the Rings, so there you go. He would be an easy one to determine. But our ability to taste, or excuse me, touch, is limited. All right? Well, let's move on. Taste. This is my favorite one, which reminds me. It's a beautiful, beautiful sense, right? Our capacity to taste is actually very limited. And you're going to find out why you can praise the Lord for that in a second here. But we have people who, who might approach a cup of coffee like this and they're like, oh, I detect. Is that the vanilla bean? Or, right? You've met those people. They think they're experts. And you're like, There's, it's just a cup of coffee. It came from Colombia. <laughs> oh, no, no. I detect a hint of dirt. All right. Um. There was, a, there was a, a study, I heard this on the radio. Uh, there's people who are wine connoisseurs and they can detect all sorts of wonderful things and notes and all of that stuff. Um, but but they've, they've proven through blind taste tests on things like this that, that it really doesn't make a difference, right? This was on, I think it was Sanjay Gupta on KGMI in the morning. They, they ran a test and they gave, they gave people these same wines. One was like a $100 bottle, the other one was like a three buck, whatever. And, and they, they always were choosing the cheap stuff until they were told that it was expensive. This was, and if they were told that this is the $100, they always pick the expensive one because there's something psychological. When I overpay for a steak, it tastes better. 
which is why you go to the expensive restaurants, you pay a lot more money. Now, a lot of times it is better, but the truth of the matter is, the amount I pay for something actually tricks my taste into thinking it's better. That's why McDonald's like, this is gross. Actually, no, it's amazing. <laughs> I'd pay $10 for that burger. All right. Our ability to taste is limited, and praise the Lord for that, because I did some reading in the FDA defect levels handbook of the amount of things they allow in our food that is an acceptable level. There's a little substance they call mammalian excreta. I'll say that again. Mammalian excreta. It's beautiful. Let me see if I detect it. It's animal poop, all right? That's what mammalian excreta is. And they allow it in all of our food products. It, it is, it is uh, overseen by the FDA. And in, a, it, how much wheat? I got to get this, this right. I got it on my notes here. So in, I've lost my, my spot here. In, come on, folks. Yes, there it is. You're allowed one, excuse me, nine milligrams of mammalian excreta in a kilogram of wheat. Who wants to go out to the Avenue Bread after church? <laughs> and if you are a chocolate lover, the amount of mammalian excreta they allow in that is a lot more. Because the chocolate covers over a multitude of sins. There's many other levels they allow. Things such as mold, rot, rodent hairs, insect parts, insect larvae. Now I'd love to see Paul Hollywood and Mary Berry detect that. Do I detect some mammalian excreta? <laughs> I can tell. But praise the Lord, I don't taste it, right? Because my taste is limited. But if you had a refined tense, maybe you could. Let's, talk, let's move on. Smell. Smell is a blessing and a curse, if you know what I'm saying. Humans have a um, beautiful ability to smell. We have six million odor-detecting uh, cells in, in, our, in our whatever, in our nose which is awesome, until you compare it to a bunny rabbit. Mammalian excreta. <laughs> a bunny rabbit, we have six million, right? They have 100 million cells to detect smell. And they got nothing on the dog. My smelly dog has 250 million cells that can detect different scents. Their tool is better than our tool, all right? But I still love my tool and praise the Lord for it. It gets me out of a lot of trouble or gets me into a lot of trouble. Our nose is amazing. But did you know our nose also has some, some, some things that are unique about it? Our nose gets bored. I, I'm not making this up. You go into a flower shop. The first, oh, the beautiful smell of the flowers. You're there for five minutes. You don't smell it anymore. Why? Because the, our, our senses, they just get bored. And they're, I'm done with that one. Chocolate? Coffee? No. <laughs> right? It gets bored. All right, and here's a, here's a big blessing for you. And I didn't know, this blew my mind. Did you know that your sense of smell stops when you go to sleep? And if you're married and share a bed with somebody, say amen to that. <laughs> right? It's a blessing, folks. All right, let's move on. Here's the deal. I know I'm, I'm kind of bagging on the senses here today. They are a gift from God. He perfectly designed them for what we need to use them for. Okay? 
He, he, didn't, he didn't give us more than we needed in that, otherwise we'd get ourselves into trouble. But he gave them to us as tools. As tools. They might be primitive tools in some senses. But let me tell you this. The Bible also talks about, Lord, haste the day when my faith is made sight. The Bible also tells us that, that uh, now we see imperfectly, right? As in a foggy mirror or a, or a dark glass, right? But then we shall see clearly. So I'll tell you what. These physical tools, they will all die and rot away. But I will exchange them for a new set of tools that are, are complete upgrades. That, that, will, that will allow, somehow, right now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. One day, I'll see faith with my new tools. Okay? So it's a beautiful thing. We're, we're, giving a, we're given limited tools here so we can practice using them so we know what they're, what they're really all about. And so here's my point, and I need to move on. Our issue, our main issue is, with these tools, a lot of us allow the tool to become the God. So that the tool tells me what to do. And I don't tell the tool what to do. And I worship at the footstool of the tool. It's like, it's like if you had a hammer. And you had the blueprints and you're going to build this house. Because this is true. This is what the truth is. And we're going to build this. And the hammer's like, uh-uh, we're going to build this instead. Okay. It's a tool. That's why when somebody's acting kind of dumb, you call them a tool. Because they're just letting, letting the tools call the shots. No, 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 no. These tools, your sight, your senses, these things that God gave us and more are meant to serve the kingdom, not vice versa. Your life is meant, these are great tools to utilize and leverage to the kingdom, to, the, to Jesus Christ, not to boss you around. In fact, when you start to get into this idea of the tools bossing you around, it's the sin of sensuality is what it's called. I'm letting my senses tell me what to do, right? <gasps> donut! I have to eat you, donut! You don't have to eat the donut. As much as it looks good, as great as it smells, it's called sensuality. If I, if I can't control myself in that, that's a problem. Did I just cause you to sin? I'm sorry. I blame Skylar. It's a sin. If I can't control my mouth, it's a sensuality issue. If I can't control my clicking on the internet, it's sensuality. It's a sin. I'm in charge. God made me a powerful human being. He filled me with the Holy Spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead. I can control my senses. Watch. I can't smell anything. I just did it right in front of you. You are a powerful individual created in the image of God. Senses were his gift to you to help you leverage into the spirit and into faith, not to be proven. I just don't sense God today. I guess I'll just drive my car into a wall. Whatever. I don't, I, I don't, I don't feel his presence today. I love it when I feel his presence. But his presence is here whether I feel it or not. That is truth. I serve something more than my senses. I know that God is true and every man a liar. My senses lie to me all the time. 
But the word of God is true no matter what the hammer tells me. This is what we're building. This is who God is. This is who Jesus is. Now he loves to appeal to our senses as well. That's all, that's all good. But he's not confined to that. And certainly those primitive tools are not your only way to know God. All they are is tools. See, atheism at its core is you must prove to my senses that this is true and God is true. I, I mean, I can know that every word in here was actually written by the people way back then, and it is. But somehow you need to prove it to me. Well, I'm telling you, God is not confined to five senses. And if you confine, you ha- anyone who comes to God must do so in faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Faith is the substance. It's a real thing. I just can't sense it with my senses. It goes beyond that. It goes to my soul and my spirit. And so I've been given these amazing senses to leverage the kingdom, to leverage the kingdom into my life. Faith is the powerhouse. It is. It changes everything. Faith in Jesus. Stepping into him in faith is what changes your life. That's how you step into the miraculous. That's how you see your family change. That's how you see your mind change. That You step out in faith and say, this is true even though I don't see it right now or I don't hear it right now or I don't feel it right now. It's true. Let God be true and every man a liar. Amen. That's what men and women of faith do. I don't get tossed around and pushed around by my current feelings or my current, my, what I'm seeing or hearing, I know that no matter what's on the news, no matter how many wars are happening, God is so amazing and in control. Even if all you ever, if all you do is watch that and see that and you see bad, I can point out bad news, that's a cheap gift. It's cheap. I could sit down with you and you could tell me everything wrong with your life and that's the easy part of having a relationship with somebody. Because I can, re- I can rehearse that, it's easy, because I can see it, this is wrong, I did this bill, this th- I can point to it with my senses. But when I point to things that are right, this is who God is. This is what, who God made me. I know that God is this. He's my provider. Well, yeah, but I didn't have enough for rent. He is my provider. That's true. I gotta, I gotta start making my life line up to what his word says and what faith says, and then I'll, I'll start to see sight once in a while. I, I get glimpses of it. I get to hear the glorious testimonies. I get to see, I've seen people healed. So just because I'm praying for someone and I'm not seeing the healing, it doesn't affect my faith. I know that the word of God says, by his stripes we are healed. So how am I gonna pray? I'm gonna pray, hey, that's what God does. He heals in the name of Jesus. Well, let me explain why the healing didn't happen here today. You know, it's probably because of this or that. And you know, the, the weather's a little off. And so, that's sensuality. It's a sin. Faith is the substance. I give faith by hearing and hearing by the word of God. <laughs> I got I to hear this. I got to read this. I got I to continue to throw it out over and over so that I hear it. I know a lot of Bible verses. But until I declare them in my life and, and speak them out in my situations, they're just knowledge. That if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, then you'll be saved. You see, confession is the next step. It takes faith. Woo! I just don't taste the mammalian excreta today. It doesn't mean it's not there. 
So I need to start quickly here because I only have a few minutes left. Faith is the substance. Faith is the powerhouse. Amen? There is a bigger truth than your senses, and it's called God. It's called the Word of God. It's called truth. He's the blueprint. He is the author and the finisher. So I don't get bossed around by my senses. I allow my senses to boss around the environment around me. Silence may give you a gauge of what is in the room. Oh, I really, I'm looking around and I see some people nodding off and crying and I feel, I sense you're sad. Oh, <laughs> it's because I'm crying. That's not a, <laughs> I'm glad your eyes sense that. That's a cheap gift. Any human being has the ability to sense what's going on. A man or a woman of God steps into a room and changes the room. That's what faith does. Last weekend, I, uh, I got to do a wedding. And uh, in, in, I know you don't think I ever get nervous, but uh, I, I knew that at least three-quarters of the people at this wedding didn't know Jesus. Or maybe had a knowledge and didn't. It was just real nominal. And, and I, I'm, I'm telling the couple, listen, you know who I am. I, I can't, I'm, not a, I'm not a justice of the peace. I can't do a wedding without Jesus just being on every single part of it. Like, and I, I'm trying to drill, I'm trying to give you an out here, because I just don't know how to do it, and I couldn't do it otherwise. But of course, you're like, yeah, no, we want, you're the one, you're the one. So, so I, I went there, and, uh, and I, I was having trouble. I, I had, I prayed about it, I had a, a great word that I got to share, but, but even that morning of the wedding, I'm sitting in my, I'm sitting in my hot tub, we got to stay in this beautiful place, it's snowing, I'm in the hot tub, of course the presence of God is there. <laughs> I even had a cup of coffee in the Bible, I'm like... I was in my wheelhouse, right? But, I, but I'm still nervous about the, about the wedding. And not because I'm afraid to stand up in front of people, but I'm nervous because, like, you know what? I don't want to hurt people's feelings. I don't want to offend them. I don't want to ruin somebody's wedding day because I'm declaring Jesus and maybe they're uncomfortable with that. But I'm like, God, I don't know. The room, it's just, it's, it's, here's the temperature of the room. That's what I'm telling, I'm telling God. I'm like, I don't know what to do with that. Should I pull my punches? Should I not? And, and he said, and I said, I don't know how to, uh, the, the room is like this. And he says, well, well you're going to be there, right? And that's what he spoke to my heart. I'm like, oh, that's right. Now, <laughs> I, I'm not a, not a jerk, but now I'm like, that's right. And because Colossians 4, 6 says, let your conversation always be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. And so I was able to approach that wedding, loving everybody, just graceful. But you know what? Jesus, every step of the way. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. That's what a covenant is. And that's the power of what we're doing here today. And, and, and I, I stopped caring about the temperature of the room, and I decided that I was going to bring the temperature. I was going to change the temperature. And I, I did it quick. I didn't drag it out. And afterwards, my wife's like, there are people crying in that wedding. People that didn't know, know the Lord. And, and, and I had people who didn't know Jesus come up to me afterwards and they're like, wow, thank you so much for bringing the scripture and, and giving us that perspective. That really, and like, and it was, it was something, I, here's the deal. You've all heard of this, this, this analogy. I can, I can be a thermometer. I can go in and I can tell you it's 90 degrees. Any human being can sense a room. Any human being can tell you what temperature a room feels. Like. Well, it feels pretty jolted and cold here today. But a man of faith, a woman of faith, walks in, hey, you know what, it's 90 degrees, that's too hot. Or it's 30 degrees, we need some heat. 
I have the Spirit of God in me. Jesus was raised from the dead. That same Spirit dwells in me. You know what? Let's change the temperature to 70 degrees. I don't back down, but I'm seasoned with grace. And the room changes to match. Because greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. That's who we are. That's the power of declaring things. That is the power of knowing who God is. So quickly, with the last five minutes, I want to talk about hearing and speaking. This sense that God gave me, the ability to utter words, to hear words uttered, is an amazing gift, and it will be a thermostat in your life if you let it. Actually, it'll be a thermostat in your life no matter what you do, one way or the other. It will change the spiritual environment around you and your spirit man inside, depending on how you leverage it. Jesus said in Matthew 15, 10 through 11, he, Jesus called the crowd to him and said, Listen and understand, what goes into someone's mouth does not defile them, but what comes out of their mouth is what defiles them. Mammalian excreta does not defile me, but gossiping does. Oh, slandering somebody, even if it's true, defiles my very spirit. It changes the environment around me. If you are someone privy to gossip and negative talk and you rehearse it over and over, you are defiling yourself. You're defiling the person that you're spewing out because their faith comes by hearing too and you're, you're ruining that in their heart. Faith comes by hearing. Well, I, and it's a cheap gift. Well, I'm just venting. You don't have the right to vent. If you're going to vent, vent to God. Let him hear it. Because your venting is not only defiling you, it's defiling other people. My de the declarations of my mouth are powerful and very important because what comes out has the ability to make me unclean. And it has the ability to just make my life transform into good ways, into godly ways. Speaking gossip, slander, telling people, reporting, it's a defilement of you. It changes the spiritual realm around you. And you know full well, they may never find out what you said, but you meet them next week and there's a wall. There's something that's come up in between you and oh, I can't put my foot. Well, maybe it's because you were slandering them. And they didn't even know about it. But the spirit realm is real. I can't see it with my five senses, but it's so real. And there's a wall there. there you've built a wall with your words. You can also break walls down with your words. Prayer is powerful. Faith. I know you think I'm perfect. But years ago, <laughs> as long as you keep the story years ago, nobody judges you. Well, I've told this story before, but some of you haven't heard it. I, uh, I was a youth pastor for seven years in eastern Washington, and my, my, my senior pastor told myself and our associate that he was going to be resigning. Um, and, and he said, and please, you know, I, I, I want to be the one to be able to announce this to people. Could you please not tell anyone? Of course, pastor, of course, you know. That night, I get right on the phone. I call two of my friends from the church. Hey, pastor's resigning. 
Yeah, can you believe that? Yeah, can't believe it. And, and, and I hung up the phone. I didn't, I didn't feel defiled. I didn't. I felt okay. But that night, and at that point, I loved doing my devotions at night before bed. And I, I'd get my Bible out. And, I'm, and I'm, it's like reading, reading the menu. It didn't move me in any way. I'm, like, I'm trying to pray. I'm like, God. And I'm like bouncing off something. And, and he spoke to my heart. He's like, you've been defiled. You slandered, your, you, you, you spoke, you set the course of your life with your words. And, I, and, I, and it's like 11.30 at night now. And I, I'm like, God, I, I, can't, I can't live like this. So I, I called my pastor who was asleep. I woke him up, I got him out of bed. I'm like, please, you, I, I need to ask you to forgive me. I told so-and-so, and I told so-and-so, and I dishonored you by, by not obeying what you asked me to do, and, and, and I defiled you and, and, this, and myself. And I said, would you forgive me? And he was disappointed. He was like, absolutely, I forgive you. I absolutely forgive you. I'll tell you, I hung up that phone. I was right in the presence of God. Confession is good for the soul. It had to come out. I couldn't just like, beg God to forgive me. I had to confess something. It, had, it changed the environment around me. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Faith, Jesus' blood, and confession. Boom. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Your words set things into motion. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. Psalms 29 says this. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Worshiping the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Okay, that's Psalm 29. Does my confession, does my ascribing or declaration change who God is? No. Why does he tell me to do it? Because it changes something in me. It changes something in the spirit realm around me. When I, can, when I declare, God, you are glorious, it doesn't make you more glorious, but it, it makes my faith grow. It makes all those who hear me grow in their faith and know that God is glorious. Our words set the tone. Our words change the environment around us. The word, our words have the power of life and death. Our declarations are powerful things. They set things into motion. They lead us. And I'm not talking about the power of positive talk, like, I'm going to win this game today. Listen, go for it. I'm talking about confessing the word. Oh, I, I feel depressed. Well, no, wait a minute. The joy of the Lord is my strength. That's what the word says. I confess that over, over me. Anybody can analyze how they feel and confess that. It takes a man or woman of God to say, this is a wrong feeling, and so I'm going to confess the truth. God is true, every man is alive. I'm really attracted to that person who's not my wife. You better confess something different. You can control your life with your words. You can set the thermostat of your life. I am the righteousness of God. I am pure and holy in Jesus' name. I need to finish with this. Proverbs 18, 21. And Skylar, if you'll throw that one up on the screen for me. It says this, From the fruit of their mouth, a person's stomach is filled. With the harvest of their lips, they are satisfied. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Let me break it down for you. 
your stomach will be filled with the things you speak out. If all you can speak out is the negative, the garbage, the problems, guess what's going to fill your belly? The garbage. You'll be a garbage pail kid. But if I let the word of God, if I let the truth of who God is, if I let the joy of the Lord, if I declare it out, guess what I will start to harvest and eat and fill my stomach? And the interesting thing about it is what you eat and what you are filled with, starts to be, it becomes a part of who you are. It changes every cell in your body. And so I confess the word. I speak the word. I speak, I speak good things over other people even if I don't feel like I like them. I speak what's true even if I don't see it. My senses are telling me, well, this is a big problem. There's no, no weapon this fashion against me shall prosper. Which one do you want? It's so easy to sit down and rehearse and rehash the problem. It's cheap. It's a thermostat. Anyone can do it. What does a man or, man or woman of God do? They, it's not like you don't, you don't see the problem. You don't deny the problem. It's there. What I do now is, you know what? It shouldn't be 30 degrees in here. We're going to crank it up. And here's what the word says. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. I, I, I am the head, not the tail. Oh, then we're going to go there. Because this is what's, what's true. Even though my senses are telling me something else. My God is able. And by the fruit of my lips will I be satisfied. Will I be filled. And so what I'm asking us to do is speak truth. Proverbs also says that even a fool is thought wise when he holds his tongue. If you don't got nothing nice to say, don't say nothing at all. That's what my mama said. <laughs> and it's true. Because sometimes, why, we, you just become more of a fool. The more foolish things you say, the more it becomes a part of you and the more you believe your foolish talk. Oh, I don't, I've never liked this person. The more you say that, the less you're going to like them. The more you rehash it with your spouse, the, less it's, the more it's going to be true and going to dominate everything in your life. But conversely, the more you rehash the truth of God, the more of that you will eat, the more of that you will see. The fruit of your mouth, it depends on how well you guard your mouth. You fill up with the word. I speak the word. I listen to the word. Remember, these senses of mine are tools. They're not who I am. They're tools to leverage my spirit. It's a tool to leverage the kingdom. We want to see the kingdom of God come. Do you know what a great harvest field we live in? People here in Whatcom County, they're so blessed. It's true. Well, I don't see that. Well, my goodness. It's true. You can look around to other parts of the world and compare it, or you can just know it's true. We live in a very blessed area. You want to be a, you want to be a part of that blessing? Start confessing that over yourself, too. I'm not, I'm not trying to be a name-it-and-claim-it kind of guy here, but I'm trying to say, this word trumps whatever I feel, whatever I see, whatever I touched. For goodness sake, we're not atheists here. We walk by faith, not by sight. Lord, haste the day when that faith be made sight. But right now, praise God where we are. 
All right, I need to be done. But I want to give you the same advice that I, I gave in the first service. Because some of us have a really hard time with our, with our talk, with negative talk, with, oh, it's bad. And some of us, we don't have as hard of a time, but we're surrounded by people like that at work, right? <laughs> You've been in a job, we all had a job where everybody gangs up and talks bad about the boss. It's the easiest thing to do, right? Uh, here's what I'm going to commission you to do. Okay, it's, it's, it's going to change your life, right? You need to change the conversation, right? Whether it's your own or someone else's. When they start rehashing something negative about somebody else, I don't care who it is, your job, and this is going to drive them nuts, is to turn it into a positive. Just try it for a week and see what happens. I'm telling you, it's gonna, it's gonna, it'll change. They'll do one of two things. They'll either stop talking to you about that and start talking positive, or they'll avoid you, and either way, you win. <laughs> because now you're not being, but I, and, and I say that lightly, but the truth is, their negative talk is defiling you when you give it an entertaining to your ear, because faith is coming by hearing. So conversely, they come, oh, that person cut me off. They're such a jerk. Well, wow, but their hair was so pretty. <laughs> what? And you know what? God bless them because they, probably, they must have somewhere really important to be, and nothing in my life is that important. Well, that's obnoxious. Well, then be obnoxious, all right? So here's what we're going to do to conclude. Uh, we're going to stand up, and we're just going to pray some, a confession, and we're just going to repeat after me. But we have such a great opportunity to speak life into our kids, parents, right? Again, we, we get the responsibility to train up a child in the way they should go. But if all our training is, is pointing out their flaws, their flaws are going to grow. Because, because that's a cheap gift. Any parent can do that. A man or woman of God, as a parent, they can pull out the gold and say, you know what, this did happen. Yeah, you need to take out the trash. But my goodness, you have such a heart to do this and this. And I see this in you. And this is gold. And that will grow. They're going to eat the fruit of your lips. Your spouse will eat the fruit of your lips. So guard your heart. Guard your mouth. So we're going to confess these things. So just, just repeat after me. Dear Lord, in the name of Jesus, I come to you. I love you. You are the king in my life. You are the Lord of every part. You are the Lord of my lips, of my heart, of my mind, of my, my finances, of my relationships. You are the Lord of everything. And I confess that you're good, that you are true. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You are a blessed, blessed people. Do you know the Bible talks about how highly favored we are as children of God? You're blessed and highly favored. How about that confession today as you walk out of here? And, and, and we don't ignore problems, but we confess them out of the, we turn up the thermostat. God is greater. He is able. He will transform your life if you will let him. If you're here today and you've never accepted Christ, my goodness, let go of your five senses for two seconds and look up to God in your heart because he is real and he wants to transform and change everything. So God bless you in Jesus' name. Thank you. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this week's sermon. If you would like to partner with our ministry, please visit us at welcomenewlifeassembly.org.